But John 12 and verse 27 says this. He says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And then look at verse 29. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said, an angel spake to him. (coughs) And the reason I bring that verse up is today we're going to talk about God's voice being like thunder. And uh, if you were outside any on Friday, you heard thunder, you saw lightning. And uh, so this was just very, um, very um, graphic to me on Friday as I'm thinking about this lesson. But some people think that that this verse here, verse 29, is similar to how the rapture might be. <clears throat> because... Let's just say in 10 minutes from now the rapture happens. All of Harrisonville and this surrounding area may hear thunder, but you and I are going to hear come up hither, aren't we? The voice of the Lord is like thunder. And the lost people, it says some people heard it thundered, other people have seen an angel spake. And that's when like Michael the archangel blows the trump of God and we hear come up hither. And so I wanted to just preface that about God's voice being like thunder before we go to Job 37 now. So let's all go to Job 37. That's where we're going to be this morning. And... uh, my voice is just a little funny. Uh, my arm hasn't... I got operated on on the 6th, so a week and a half ago. But uh, the tube they stuck down my throat made my throat really sore. And I got sores on my tongue, so I don't speak very well. So I feel like my tongue is swollen up. And uh, But it, anyway, it's a little better today. And uh, did everybody get a handout? Did everybody get a... I may not have made quite enough. I made 14 or 15. So. Maybe. That's normal. It kind of got infected. The the tube irritation. It takes takes most people five days to get rid of anesthesia and then about 10 days. That's normal. Okay. I was not expecting that. Well, and I could have probably came to church last week, but I was still on some pain meds, and this was better to, better to sleep in. Yeah. But, uh, all right, verse uh, Job 37 uh Let's start with verses 1 and 2. And uh, Nicole, would you read for us today? Uh, Sure. Uh, At this also my heart trembles and leaps out of its place. Keep listening to the thunder of his voice and the rumbling that comes from his mouth. All right. And in in verse 2... 
the King James uses the word noise. And if you go back to chapter 36 and verse 29, at the end of verse 29, chapter 36, it says the noise of his tabernacle. And, and uh, you know, we, we don't totally know... Uh, you know, if if the heaven is God's throne and the earth is His footstool, I mean, His tabernacle. Uh, there's a noise in His tabernacle. So some of this is. And uh, one guy I was uh, listening to this week, uh, he thought uh, Elihu may be actually talking to Job and his friends, but there could be a, like a storm coming in. So maybe he's using the storm and uh, things that are going on to actually uh, illustrate what he's talking about. But, uh, you know, the human ear can only hear like 500 decibels to 20,000 decibels, or not decibels, but a frequency range. Is it 4,000? 500 to 4,000? Yeah. And... um, but you know, when we get glorified bodies, uh, you know, I think everything's going to become a lot more vibrant, don't you? I mean, we, uh, uh, Pat and I knew, uh, Mark McGoy. He, he was a, an artist. He was a good singer. And he, he imagined like being in heaven and God's pavilion and being able to, uh, like hear colors. I mean, colors are a frequency. What if you could hear colors and you could see noises? I mean, it's just going to be so much more, uh, elaborate. I mean, we can't even imagine, uh, things that heaven may be like. Uh, but the Bible does, uh, speak to those things. But, uh, <clears throat> in verse 2 that, uh, Nicole read. It did. It does talk about this sound that goeth out of his mouth, and so I did uh, give you a blank there on your handout, and we think this could be a picture of the rapture. So if you want to put the word uh, rapture in your voice, in your vert, in your blank. Now uh, the word rapture is not in our Bibles, but but what what words are in the Bible that we get the word rapture from? Come up here. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, it's caught up. And uh, the word "caught up" in Latin is "raptero," and that's where we get the word "rapture" from. So we're going to be caught up together with Him in the in the cloud, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Excuse me. Uh, verse three, uh, Emma, would you read verse three for us? Uh, verse 4 also, if you would. Yeah. So there, there the word uh, thundereth appear. He thundereth with his voice. <clears throat> and uh, let me ask you guys a question now. Because you know uh, Psalm 46.10 talks about uh, that we hear uh, God's voice is like a still small voice. And here it says he thunders with his voice. 
why is it both that uh, God is a still small voice and He thunders? What? And I don't totally know, so I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. He uses his voice different ways to produce different things. Like uh, when when you're coming to salvation, you might hear the still small voice. There you go. Because he's kind of bringing you gently to your knees. Mm. But this more maybe more like judgment of when he brings his wrath. It may be more of a thundering, <clears throat> more of a commanding. Yeah. A little thing I don't know. It's not. I don't have a scripture verse that he'll ask you. He'll tell you. And at the end, every he's going to demand. Every mm. bow. Every time will confess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one of the verses we're going to look at today. Is that we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Um. And there, it also uses the word lightning here. And, uh, you know, we we always think that lightning comes first, but actually the thunder comes first, but we see the lightning first just because sound travels slower. But lightning come, lightning uh, is mentioned here. And, you know, that that's some of this picture is his second coming. And that's, I gave you a, a reference there, letter C, Matthew 24, talks about as lightning comes from the east and shines to the west, so shall the coming of the Lord be. Uh, that's a little bit of a paraphrase. But anyway, uh, n- nature's really amazing, isn't it? <clears throat> and uh, so like I, I'm saying here, hold your place here and look at Psalm 19. And this will be very familiar to you, to everyone. And I was even reading in Second Samuel today, and David talks about God's voice thundering and praising Him for the, uh, like the waves and the sky. I don't. It's just so beautiful. But here in Psalm 19, these first six verses, and I'm going to let Pat read this, just because this is a favorite verse of Pat and I. And then I'll come back to you, Pam. Sorry about that. Psalm 19. Uh, Pat, would you read 1 through 6? <clears throat> I caught you off guard. 19, 6? Uh, 1 through 6. Read all those. Okay. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day in the day utter speech, and night in the night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out throughout through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he sat a tabernacle before the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat there. Yeah, I don't know if you want to comment on that, Pat, but that's kind of a foundational word. We had a, a ministry called Gospel in the Stars, and Pat and I were part of it. He was more a part of it, and they would set up telescopes, and we would try to pe- have people look to the heavens and maybe focus on a a planet or a certain object in the sky and and be able to speak to people about the Lord because, you know, it shifts from talking about these things in the heaven 
But then it talks about a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and there's strong men to run a race. And uh, So anyway, all these things kind of point to the Lord. I don't know if you want to say more, Pat. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how mm-hmm. the heavens, the, the sun that's going through the heavens hits all of the um, constellations that are in the ecliptic, and they all tell the story of the gospel about him coming and coming for us and running the race. And, you know, we're called to run the race. It's just amazing. There's so much to it. Yeah, so astrology has kind of hijacked some of these things, but astronomy. Is is a good thing. Uh, astronomy is just called a, 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 the law of the stars. That's what astronomy means. And astrology is kind of you know where you get into mystic type things. And uh, but anyway, just uh, beautiful things about nature. It says there's no language where his voice is not heard. So that's pretty cool too, isn't it? Nature speaks to everybody on planet Earth, regardless of what your language is. And so there's just uh, commonalities among people that uh, it reveals the uh, general revelation of God is what uh, creation does. Now, uh, look back at verse 5. We'll go back to Psalm uh, 37. Uh, Job Job 37, thank you. And uh, Pam, would you read verse 5 now? Thunders marvelously with his voice. Great things he does, cannot comprehend. Mm. Yeah, so he thunders with his voice. And I meant to bring uh, Jeff Adams' book this morning because of all the verses and chapters in Job. Uh, Jeff Adams put verse 5 on the front of his book. Th- this was his theme verse for the whole book of Job, was 37.5. And somehow he uh, thought that uh, kind of capsulated the book of Job and how God does these marvelous things with his voice and he does great things and we, we can't uh, comprehend all of them, can we? And so his ways are past finding out. <clears throat> and uh, and then it, at the end of verse 4, um, it says, He will not stay them when his voice is heard. Um, and uh, I know Jeff Adams <clears throat> mentioned his, in his book that, you know, right now... Uh, that's what First uh, Thessalonians, when it talks about the rapture, uh, it says uh, they will not let until he be taken out of the way. It's like the Holy Spirit is like a restrainer. So, uh, you know, God is withholding some of his judgment on this earth because of believers, right? Because of Christians, there's a certain morality. <laughs> there's a certain... Uh, uh, Goodness, because the Holy Spirit is indwelling us and He's trying to accomplish something in these last uh, hours of the uh, dispensation of grace, the church age. And so God wants to use us. In fact, uh, who, know, who can quote Second uh, Peter 3, 9? Uh, yeah, that's that verse. God is the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, 
but is what? Long suffering. Long suffering what? Usward. To usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we use that verse to say God is not willing that anybody should perish, and He's not. But notice He's long suffering to usward. That's kind of a weird. He, he's, he's being long-suffering to the lost, but He's being long-suffering to give us more time to reach the lost. Does that make sense? That, that's pretty wild thought there. 2 Peter 3.9 Now I forget, but doesn't it say that his long, it's His long-suffering that brings us to repentance? Uh, the goodness of God leadeth us to There may be one about long-suffering too, but... So anyway, uh, here at the end of verse 4 in, in Job 37, it says, He will not stay them when His voice is heard. So uh, there's a, a sense of He's withholding something there uh, when His voice is heard. Uh, anyway, just a lot of things about nature here and, and Elihu. So throughout this book, we've heard from uh, Job's three, three friends... Uh, build uh, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, and then these last five or six chapters have been about Elihu. So the good news is next week is when God shows up in verse in chapter thirty-eight. So, so next week we're going to hear when God speaks. Oh, I thought that was mine. <laughs> There's eight hours left. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. All right, uh, Belinda, why don't you read verses six and seven for us? Likewise to the small rain, and to the great rain of his strength, he sealeth up the hand of every man, that all men know his Yeah, and this sealeth up the hand... Um, I gave you a cross-reference here back to when uh, in Job 13 is when uh, there was a heel print put on on the feet. So uh, this may be uh, a reference to your fingerprints. He seals up the hand. In verse 6 of Belinda read that God gives snow and small rain and even uh, great rain it may be a reference to the the early and the latter rains in uh, in the Middle East I'm looking for a verse here this might be a, a good time I've got just a short video I wanted to show you guys um, I've actually got two short videos I wanted to show this morning and uh, this first one is just about rain and uh, I know Emmett and Pam are farmers here, and uh, I guess Sharon has a farm there. Uh, but anyway, it's just kind of a simple illustration about uh, <clears throat> how rain is made. Let's see if I can get my computer to work.
froze up, yep. I guess I'll shut it down and Hmm. It is interesting. I don't, I don't know if this is about the, about the cycle of water. Yeah. Yeah. You know how uh, man never, they never understood how it worked, but it's always in the Bible and Job all along. It's like how it works. Yeah. It's pretty neat. It's very it is. Book. Yeah, they talk about vapor. Yeah. Uh, turning to the, to, the, to the rivers and the sea. Yeah. Hold that for a second, would you? I haven't charged my battery for a little bit. My battery may be about flat. Well, that would be bad timing. Yeah. It won't even come on now. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> Let me give it a minute. We'll give it a minute. This may not have been at the point where I was supposed to mention it anyway. All right. There it's starting back up. Uh, In verse 8, the Bible says, Then the beasts go into dens and remain in their places. Uh, there's things like that uh, in the tribulation period. There it's coming up. You see there's a black bear and green bird? There's a oh, really? there's a black bear around here. Yes, I heard that too, Pat. It's just a couple minutes. Water on Earth is constantly being heated and cooled. As it does, it moves in a cycle between the surface of the Earth and the atmosphere. This process is called the water cycle. On Earth, water can be found in the ocean, lakes, rivers, and streams. The heat from the sun warms the water on Earth. When the water warms, it changes from water into a gas called water vapor. This process of changing from a liquid to a gas is called evaporation. The 
water vapour in the air cools as it rises and changes to liquid water in the form of tiny water droplets in clouds. This process of changing from a gas to a liquid is called condensation. The water droplets get bigger as they combine with other water droplets. They eventually fall back to the surface of the earth as precipitation. Precipitation includes rain, snow, hail or sleet. This pattern of evaporation, condensation and precipitation repeats over and over. It looks like it's about to rain. I better get my umbrella. <laughs> Gotta run. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Don't forget to subscribe. Send me that link. My daughter teaches seventh grade science. Oh, really? That's yep. what you're supposed to learn those things. Yeah. I'll send it to her and see if they have that website. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so as simple as that is, that's pretty marvelous, isn't it? Just how God, it's a cycle. It's kind of an open cycle, but. Um, okay, I think I'll hold up on my, my other one just for a minute. Hey, Franny. God is a God of order, and that shows that it's an organized process. Yeah, yeah. Very good, yeah. Well, uh, read verse 9. Uh, Belinda, is it you or Kevin? Kevin. Uh, 37.9, Kev. Out of the south comes the whirlwind and cold out of the north. Right, so now... I put I had you put whirlwind in your second blank there. God speaks out of the whirlwind. In fact, if you look at chapter 38, it's right there on your uh, page of your Bible probably. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said... So this is where we're going to start next week uh, when we're together. And a lot of this has to do with his wrath. And uh, most of you know that in the Bible, uh, wind is like the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, several times, uh, Jesus said that, that, you know, that ye must be born again, and how that uh, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and you don't know where it comes from. He says, so is the Spirit. So he, he likens, Jesus likens the wind to the Spirit. And so, it's no wonder, uh, you know, when we get hurricanes and these Category 4 and 5 level rains, did you guys ever get uh, hurricanes down in Guatemala? No, not really. I seem like they go around Honduras. Some of those don't get as much, but Florida and, you know, the Gulf of Mexico get a lot of hurricanes. But it's so powerful and, you know, they get 150 miles. If we get a 30 mile an hour wind here, it'll almost blow you over, but they get up to 150 mile an hour uh, winds. And so we know that wind is the most powerful natural force on planet Earth. I mean, we know what a tornado's like, don't we? I remember as a little boy, uh, a tornado touched down just a few miles north of us, and 
you know, it took down the barn where cattle was at, and you know, it, it ran boards through cattle, and it killed animals, and just very powerful thing. And so I witnessed the effects of that. And uh, so it shouldn't surprise us that the Holy Spirit is the most powerful supernatural force, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit can change culture. It can change people. And so so when God comes to speak in His wrath, He comes speaking out of a whirlwind. So very instructive. Uh, in verse 10... Uh, Jim, or uh, Suzanne, would you read verse ten for us? By the breath of God, frost by the breath of the by the breath of the water is strained. Yeah. So uh, here, God's breath it, it causes frost, uh, like a freezing. And, uh, you know, we think of like Christmas videos of Jack Frost or whatever, but, uh, or, or Kevin. Or Kevin Frost. <laughs> Jack Frost is Kevin's Frost's uncle. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How did he think of that? Um, but do you know in, uh, in chapter 38, uh, we're, we're right here. Look at Job 3830. It says the waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. So, do uh, you know uh, in outer space, it's it's pretty much a perfect vacuum, and uh, that's where they they measured like absolute zero. So the temperature is so cold in outer space, and and uh, so anyway. Uh, just kind of pointing out some national phenomenons with these verses here and how the, uh, God is in the sides of the north and His breath is this frost that causes the deep to be frozen. And it even mentions waters here that uh, Suzanne read for us. The breath of the waters is straightened. And... Uh, <laughs> Verse 11, I think this is where I was going to bring this up. Uh, Jim, would you read verse 11 for us? Also by watering, he wearieth the thick cloud. He scattereth his bright cloud. Yeah, so here, he, so as, as this water vapors get evaporated, up into the heavens and they form these water droplets and the molecules join each other and the clouds get heavier they, he, it wearieth the clouds so as more evaporation takes place the clouds get heavy and they drop down this precipitation <clears throat> uh, turn with me to, to Genesis chapter 1 now and uh, I've probably studied this part more than anything else this week in uh, Genesis, I think it's chapter 2. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, 2 6. Uh, ma'am, what was your name? Alda. Alda? Would, do you mind reading uh, 2 6 of Genesis? Chapter 1? Uh, chapter 2, verse 6. Oh, 
Right, right. <clears throat> now, uh, I'll see if I can pull this up here. I should have been doing it. Your English is good, Alda. Thank you. Yeah. So this was kind of a famous uh, chart that we've had up here a few times, and uh, I'm going to try to illustrate it on the board here as well. But um, so if you if you got uh, we're here at the year 2023, and uh, We'll put uh, Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary there. Uh, so th- this line here represents the flood. So we've got um, on the far left Adam and Eve in the garden. And uh, right here is a man named Noah. I don't know if you can see that very. So the the flood was about. Uh, so it's been almost four thousand years ago. So from from right now till the from the flood is is almost four thousand years ago. And uh, so the video we just watched represents the water cycle from the time of Noah till now. But before the flood, uh, things were a little different. That, that's when the dinosaurs were roamed the earth and we, and, uh, by the way, does anybody know how old the oldest tree in the world is? It's in uh, California. 4,000 years old. Oh, wow. It's still alive. It's still alive. It's still in the redwoods. It's, no, it, it's a twisted, it, it looks funky. You should look up the oldest tree. It's about 4,000 years old. It, wow. it goes right back to the flood. So the, a lot of this is just... So you already found it, maybe. Uh, That's a pine tree. But now let me show you this little video of what things could have been. Now, and this is just a theory. But uh, well, let me play it, and then we'll. Uh, about five thousand years. Old. Yeah, it's about forty-four hundred or something like that. It's pretty hard to get to the core of one. It's pretty hard to date one, actually. It is very twisted looking. Um. Let's see if we can pull up. This is another two-minute video, and then we'll get more into our lesson. Uh-oh. Is there any sound? 
Uh oh. Jim, I lost my sound. The first chapter of Genesis specifically describes a firmament or atmosphere which God created around the earth. In describing the waters above the firmament, Scripture suggests that in the time before the flood, there was a canopy of water vapor around the earth, much like thick clouds of rain, which helped to moderate the earth and protect its climate. The idea of a water vapor layer or canopy surrounding the earth sounds somewhat bizarre, but actually canopies are quite common among the planets of our solar system. Venus and Jupiter and Saturn all have cloud canopies and thick gaseous envelopes surrounding them. If the Earth once had such a canopy, how much rain could it have produced? Enough for a worldwide flood? The vapor canopy would have precipitated at most 40 feet of water directly. In addition, water released by volcanic eruptions during the flood would have kept heavy rain falling for 40 days and nights, becoming lighter as our present-day weather regime came into existence. Our experts have indicated that the Great Deluge started when the water came from three sources. The subterranean fountains bursting forth, rain coming from the canopy above, and waters from the existing oceans spilling over the land. But what would have sparked this series of incredible events? So that, that, uh, anyway, I wanted you to see that as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't heard that uh, theory on Really? Yeah, and it, again, it, <laughs> it is a theory, and uh, um, most of you have probably seen Jurassic Park where they had like the insect uh, encased in the uh, amber. And uh, do you know that they can sample the air in there, and the air in those things are about. 35% oxygen. So that's part of the why they think there's a canopy theory is it increased the they think the whole earth was kind of a terrarium effect of that's why they can find uh, fossilized uh, tropical vegetation in the north and south poles. And so I just wanted to bring this up at least that the atmosphere was different before the flood as it is after the flood. Because um, that's part of the theory of evolution. You know, car- carbon dating is uh, <clears throat> is a way that they can estimate change in something. But carbon dating doesn't take into effect the flood. And uh, so that, that's one thing I, I wanted to bring up here. Because, you know, in that same chapter of Second Peter, it says that in the last day there's scoffers and they say that all things continue as they were from the creation of the earth. And that's what scoffers say. But we don't say that. We say that, no, there was a worldwide flood. And uh, that, that explains uh, a lot of things. Well, if you look at like the Grand Canyon, you know the different that's I mean, stratified. Uh-huh. Just kind of it's how it's going to be like that. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. the different fossils and stuff that are across the, the continents and stuff that uh-huh. there's no water there that we know of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Anyway, we'll get into this a little bit more as we go on, but uh, I wanted to bring that. So what 
this young lady read is that before before the flood in fact it says that in Genesis 6 it had never rained on the earth only a mist came up out of the earth so uh, there was some evaporation and condensation and there was a mist but there wasn't really uh, rain as we know it alright let me get back to Job 37 we're going to finish today we got about 20 minutes and we are up to uh, verse 11 and here uh, in verse 11 uh, Angie I'll have you read that also by watering he wearies the thick clouds he scattereth his bright clouds alright so now this is this is an ongoing topic here I put the word uh, his in your blank it mentions his bright cloud and there's a lot of things about clouds in the Bible a lot of things about the second coming if, if you remember uh you know, at, when Christ ascended up, uh, <clears throat> remember uh, his disciple watching him as he ascended up into the cloud, and uh, he says, "I'm going to come back like I left." And when he calls us into to be with him, we meet him in the clouds. So this whole thing about clouds is, is just really interesting to me. And um, it now this is talking about his bright cloud and this. Uh, this light or this brightness has to do with his glory no doubt <clears throat> and it's uh, connected with his return and then verses 12 and 13 uh, uh, Jaime do you, do you want to read for us uh, Job 37 yep and uh, read verse 12 and 13 for us if you would brother okay. and it's turned around about by his counsels that they may they might do whatsoever he commanded then upon the face of the world in the earth he caused it to come whether for correction or for his land or for mercy yeah so verse 13 talks about some of the reasons for these acts of nature maybe they come for to correct people uh, to judge his land or for to show people mercy <clears throat> and but in verse 12 it says it it's talking about uh, this his bright cloud again it is turned round about by his counsel so God's in control of his cloud and uh, <clears throat> there's just several things about him coming in the clouds. And my my uh, my teaching point there for you at the bottom of your handout is this: that Elihu is using similitude. Uh, Nicole, would you read that verse at the bottom of my handout there from Hosea? Uh, I have also spoken by the prophets, and I have multiplied visions. And and you can see just the word similitude has the word similar in it. So, and think about this for a minute. Uh, I mean, my mother was a uh, teacher, and 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 I like I like teaching people things, and oftentimes. We try to teach people something they don't know by using something you do know. And Jim's a master at that. He brings in 
frogs or whatever. He'll he'll use some. Remember, he dressed up as a priest. He he's trying to show us what the priest of the Old Testament looked like. By he made an ephod with the twelve stones in it, and he dressed up like that with the uh, tabernacle too. Yes, yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, Christ taught that way. By the way, didn't he? He, uh, you know, he, you know, they say you can only remember like ten percent of what you hear, but if you're able to see it and touch it, I mean, that's why we do crafts with the kids, right? We want them to be able to make this little. You know, sheep with cotton balls, because God's people are like sheep. I mean, you, you never forget that, right? I think you can remember up to ninety percent what you're taught if you can see it, and you can hear it, and you can touch it. And Jesus was like that. I mean, he, he would say, you know, come and see, and and you know, they they witness the the multiplication of the bread and the fish and. And they handed it out. They touched it. And so anyway, uh, that's what Elihu is doing here. He sees a storm cloud coming. And you know what? I bet there was a bright cloud there and there's thunder. And he's saying God is like this. And his wrath is going to be like this whirlwind. And all these are similitudes. And that's how the prophets taught the people was by similitude. And so that that's what we do. That's what Christ did. And so uh, <clears throat> on to uh, the second part of our lesson. is starts in verse 14 and goes through 24, I think, is how many verses... And so in verse 14, uh, Emmett, if you read that. Yeah, so this section, we're gonna, we talked about his marvelous voice, and now we're going to talk about his wondrous works. And in verse uh, what what he's kind of telling Job is, Job, it's really futile to resist God. His works are so marvelous. His voice is so wondrous. And uh, verse 15 and 16, Pam, if you'll read those. Okay, this is where I was going to bring up the videos, but I've already showed the videos. But <clears throat> I kind of gave you a description there. The heat from the sun converts liquid water into vapor that rises into the atmospheric clouds. Those small droplets become large enough to fall back to the earth as rain, snow, or some combination. <clears throat> and the whole process begins again. So this is a balancing of the clouds, uh, at least physically. And, you know, uh, there's gases in the, cl- in the, in the stars called nebulous or n- like nebulous clouds of, of dust and stuff. So some of this is in the Earth's atmosphere and some of it might be even in outer space. And so we're trying to point those things out as we go. Uh, 
Belinda, I'll have you do verse 17 if you would. How thy hands are Now this uh, south wind in the Middle East is called the Sirocco. You know, here in the United States we have like the Gulf, or the jet stream or the Gulf stream or uh, the jet stream that the airplanes follow <laughs> atmospheric winds and... Uh, what is it in uh, Central America? It's uh, there's a wind there called something. Uh, something El Nino. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking of. I think it is El Nino. Or is that just one here? But anyway, I think worldwide there's like four major winds, and and you know Revelation talks about the four winds, and so I think it could be directly. Speaking about the Gulf Stream, the Sirocco, the El Nino, and there's a, there's a fourth one. I, I'm, <clears throat> I, I probably wouldn't know it. If you, I, I don't know if I've been taught it yet, but um, that's what I had.